Ah, yes, ladies and gentlemen, as always, a little bit of understand, man, to get you going here on the ET Considers Everything podcast. Today is Thursday, April 16th, 2020, and I'm glad to be able to keep up with the dates because during all this coronavirus epidemic and everything that's going on across our nation and around the globe, really, it's kind of tough to keep up with minuscule things like that now, you know, being quarantined and, you know, having to stay home a lot of the time, but we're making the most out of it, and I've got plenty of um, newsworthy information and newsworthy topics to talk about today. On today's show, you'll hear me talk about the uh, AEW Dynamite episode from last night that took place, and uh, big world title match between Jake Hager and John Moxley, and I'll give you all my thoughts on that match along with the other matches on the card. Uh, touch briefly on NXT a little bit last night as well, and we'll talk about the cuts that were made to the uh, superstars. They were released from their contracts, and uh, it was Black Wednesday, as a lot of people would put it, and I would have to agree. It's a tough time to see all of these superstars getting released. I've got a list of superstars that have been released. I'll get to that later as well, but... Uh, to start the show today, let's start it with the good, uh, wholesome uh, content today. This past Sunday was Easter, and normally on Easter Sunday, we would be getting set for the final round of the Masters Tournament, and uh, unfortunately, that wasn't the case this year due to the COVID-19 epidemic, and normally on Easter Sunday, I'd be going over with my mom and my dad, and we would go have dinner with my mamaw's family and have a wonderful time but unfortunately that wasn't the case this year either due to the COVID-19 epidemic so we had to make the best out of every situation that was given so as a result of that we decided you know what let's go visit my brother and go visit my little nephew Grayson and uh, my brother's girlfriend Beth and her son Tristan as well my other nephew and mom was like, yep, that sounds like a great idea. We'll do that as a Easter Sunday day for us today. So we had an intimate family gathering. It was mom, dad, myself, my brother, uh, my brother's girlfriend, Beth, uh, my nephew, Tristan, and of course, my little nephew, Grayson. And, and it was just a wonderful day for all of us to get together and be with one another. I can't thank all of them enough for uh, being so homey, being so welcoming of us to be in their home and to visit them on the Easter Sunday holiday. It always means the world to be able to be with your family on Easter Sunday, and whether it be at church or at a family dinner or or at both. You know, sometimes people are lucky enough to do both, and um, you know, I. I missed going to church on Easter Sunday this year due to the COVID-19 epidemic, but, you know, we made the most out of everything. I read a little devotional message there for Easter, and the uh, Bible verse that was connected to it was from Romans chapter 5, verse 1, and that's Mom's favorite book in the Bible, so that was really good, and I read that on the way over to Bub's house, and 
um, we all had a good time just talking and, you know, reminiscing on things and just talking about what's going on in the sports world and everything and what's going on around the world and just making the best out of everything. It's, it's a tough time for everybody right now, but we just have to take it one day at a time. Always believe in God's mercy and always believe in God's love. God will help us through all of this. And there's no doubt in my mind that whenever push comes to shove at the end of the day, we will stay strong, we will be strong, and we will not let this defeat us. And that's just a fact. So as we made the journey down to my brother's house, we just talked about those things, and we finally got down to Matt's house, and it was just a wonderful time. My dad helped them put in a uh, telephone line there at the house to allow Beth to be able to work from home, allow Matt to be able to work from home as well. And that was a very good thing. And they they both have a home office now. And that's wonderful. You know, you have to make the most of every given situation that you can. You know, Matt's a supervisor at Telemed and Beth works at Telemed as well. And they they both made the most out of it. And they've both done an amazing job. And I'm super proud of both of them. Because, you know, I, I treat Beth like she's a sister. And that's what I'm supposed to do, you know, and I wish that, you know, things could be better, and I wish that things could work out, you know, to where my dad could see his grandchildren too, you know, but at the end of the day, he's got us, and we got him, and I'm so glad of that, you know, Jim is a stepdad, but you know, when push comes to shove at the end of the day, he's done more than any father figure could have done for me in my life. He, he's made me the man that I am today. He's kept me strong in the face of adversity. And he's done the same thing for Matt, too. And we both can't be thankful enough for him. And, you know, that, that's one thing that I'm very thankful for after this Easter holiday took place. We... We have to remember those that are always with us in our hearts. And, you know, Jim may not be with me all the time, but he's here. And, I, and I'm so thankful for that. I'm thankful for Mom. I'm thankful for Dad. And I'm thankful for Matt. Thankful for Beth. Thankful for Tristan. Thankful for Grayson. And, you know, I'm, I'm thankful for my two stepsisters, too. I may not know them that well, but I'm thankful for them. You know, they are a part of my dad's life. And, you know, I hope that I've been a good friend to him, a good son to him. Because he sure as hell has been a great dad for me. And I can't thank him enough for that. And, and I'm sure Matt would say the exact same thing. But anyway, we went down there and we visited and seen Grayson, seen Tristan, and it was just wonderful. Had a good hour and a half visit before my brother went into work, and from there we ended up taking Matt on to work, and Beth was there with uh, Tristan and with Grayson after we left, and we hugged Grayson up tight and gave him a big sugar on the forehead, and so we went on our separate ways, and then... 
as we moved on, you know, me and mom and dad and Matt, we uh, got in the car and took Matt to work. And it just felt like the good old days again. You know, it's mom and dad and Matt and me and just just a wonderful time to be able to be with them. And, you know, you, you really don't realize it at the time, but when when those days come and when you see each other again, it's it's a true blessing. I'm thankful for my brother. He's helped me a lot in times, and I can't thank him enough for always looking over me, always being strong enough to look over me and be the best older brother that he can be. Because I always wanted to be the best younger brother I could be to him. And I'll never be able to truly thank him enough for just always being there. Being a positive influence on my life. And just always knowing that he's loved. And from there we took him on to work. And then after we took him to work, you know, me and mom and dad stayed in the car and we just kind of reflected you know we were thankful for everything that we got to do that day going down to see Grace and, and Tristan and Beth and just going to see Matt's family now you know Matt, Matt has a family of his own and I always want him to know that I'm so proud of him you know he, he tells me the, a lot that he's proud of me for staying strong and doing all all that I can and all I get to do. But nothing in this world compares to being a father. And Matt is doing a daggone good job of it. And I hope he, hope he knows that I love him and I'm so thankful for him and for Tristan and for Grayson and for Beth as well. And his little family. It's a beautiful thing. From there, we we decided, you know, what what do y'all want to eat? And we said, well, let's let's get let's go to KFC and get a meal, and that's what we done. So we got a twenty dollar fill up, chicken strips, mashed potatoes and gravy, coleslaw, biscuits, just the works. And it was a wonderful meal. Mom uh, and me split it. Uh, she gave me ten. I paid twelve. Not a big deal, because she's paid for plenty of meals in my lifetime, and I can't thank her enough for that. And Dad, same thing, too. You know, without them, I wouldn't have the uh, nurturing and caring love and ability that I do and have towards others. And I wouldn't have the fight in me that I wouldn't have because of Jim, uh, because of people and because of Jim. Jim's given me a lot of fight in my day to stand up to other people. You know, do it in a nurturing type of setting. Don't doing it, do it in a mean setting. And, that, and that's true. And that's what we done. So when we got back home, we had a wonderful Easter dinner. We blessed the food, ate it, and just hung out there of the evening and got our bellies full. And... It was a great Easter Sunday. You know, it wasn't conventional, and it wasn't what we had hoped to do. But it was a wonderful day, nonetheless, getting to see uh, my brother's family, 
going to see him, going to see my nephews. It's a wonderful day. And then eating dinner from KFC, taking it home. It's a great thing. So that was how my Easter Sunday was spent, and I'm very thankful for that. And I know I talked about a lot of different topics there, but, you know, I just wanted to talk about my Easter Sunday and what it meant to me to go and see uh, my brother's home, being with my brother's family, and being with my uh, immediate family means the world. When we come back here on the ET Considers Everything podcast, we'll talk about last night's AEW Dynamite and uh, what took place there and what uh, took place as well with some highlights from NXT. So uh, Wednesday night wrestling talk coming up here on the ET Considers Everything podcast. Stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen. You're in tune here with the ET Considers Everything podcast. More of it to come here after this quick timeout. We're back here on the ET Considers Everything podcast for Thursday, April 16th, 2020. In this segment, we'll be talking about last night's edition of AEW Dynamite and also talking briefly about NXT and some of the highlights that took place on that show as well. So without further ado, let's go ahead and start talking about the AEW Dynamite episode. This one, once again, took place from Norcross, Georgia at QT Marshall's Gym. And uh, it was a very good edition of Dynamite, I have to say. They uh, packed in a lot for this two hours and uh, definitely gave us some good matches as well. And it was a lot of fun to keep up with and keep an eye on as well. So without further ado, let's go ahead and talk about this AEW Dynamite episode. So the show opens and it's uh, very interesting to see how they open the show. They decide to uh, build off of last week's episode with Dr. Britt Baker and um, a new challenger, I believe her name was Caroline Golden. And um, this was a showcase match really for Britt Baker. You know, she had a deviated septum last week, so really she didn't get the opportunity to uh, bring out her best, as you would per se. Uh, last week but she did this week and it was definitely a great showing for her she would win the match after she would uh, hit the lockjaw in on Caroline Golden and make her submit so the winner of the opener would be Britt Baker over Caroline Golden Uh, they also had several good matches on the card as well including one that I really liked it was between Kip Sabian and Trent of Breast Friends. And this was a very good matchup between these two. Um, Very athletic, um, very strong bulls, and they both knew how to bring out the very best of each other. And I always look forward to seeing how these matches go. And ultimately, in the end, you kind of knew with the direction that they were going in that Kip Sabian was probably going to win this match because he was involved in the TNT Championship Tournament. And that's exactly what took place. Kip Sabian, after a distraction from um, Penelope Ford, uh, helping him win the matchup with a low blow and then um, doing his finishing move onto uh, Trent, would pick up the win 1-2-3 in this matchup. So, uh, 
very good win for Kip Sabian as he goes on to face Dustin Rhodes next week in the TNT Championship Corner Finals. Also had a match between uh, Sammy Guevara and um, I remember who Sammy faced last night. Um, but it was kind of like an enhancement type deal. Oh yeah, he faced uh, Suge D. That's who he fought. And <laughs> as Chris Jericho would note on commentary, he kept on calling him Pineapple Pete because of his Hawaiian-themed shirt that he wore last week and even into the match this week. And it's pretty funny to hear that line over and over again. But this was a showcase match, really, for Sammy Guevara. Uh, Sammy was really strong in this match, gave it his all. Um, ultimately, in the end, would hit his finishing move. Um to defeat Suge D, one, two, three, and he looked strong going into the uh, TNT Championship Tournament. He would call out his opponent for the TNT Championship Tournament um, for uh, next week, which would be Darby Allen. and Darby Allen would oblige, come out, Sammy Guevara would clear the ring, get out of the way. Don't want any part of um, Darby Allen yet. But he had to make sure that he was making his voice heard. So he did. Um, the uh, open the opener of the match, uh, opener of the event, I'm sorry, was actually between Lance Archer and um, a very strong individual as well who uh, really got the rub in this match and continues to be strong and looking to get the advantage here. I apologize, my phone keeps going off. I'll call them back here in a little bit. Um, but yeah, there's a lot going on. And uh, Lance Archer would win the matchup there. And uh, a lot of fun to see what took place there. So, um, Sammy Guevara and uh, Kip Sabian would win their matches as long as long along with... Uh, Lance Archer as well, winning his opening match, um, defeating um, his opponent as well. And uh, in the uh, semi-main event, Justin Law would take on um, another man in the uh, TNT Championship Tournament, I believe. And uh, it was a very good matchup here for Justin Law, and he looked strong. But ultimately, in the end, his opponent would win. So, there you go. Main event was the uh, no-holds-barred empty arena match between John Moxley and uh, Jake Hager. And this was a very good match between these two. Went back and forth, went through the arena, uh, through the ringside area, into the ring. And ultimately, John Moxley would throw the chair into uh, Jake Hager's face. Uh, pin him after hitting a paradigm shift one two three in the middle of the ring and uh, ultimately it would be John Moxley retaining his AEW World Championship so congratulations to John Moxley he picks up the win here it'll be very interesting to see who he takes on at the double or nothing pay-per-view coming up on uh, Saturday May 23rd uh, that's what it's scheduled for right now. Don't know if it's going to continue on as scheduled for now, but we'll see uh, what they have in store. Um, 
definitely have a lot to look forward to there for the uh, AEW Double or Nothing show if they get to have it. Uh, my guess is is that it'll be held in Florida at Daly's Place in Jacksonville. Don't know if it'll have a crowd. I would say more than likely not. But we'll see how everything will unfold here over the next few weeks and see if everything um, kind of gets a little better here with the uh, COVID-19 epidemic and if everything is calmed down by then. So the uh, NXT show was very strong from last night as well. I'll just go over a few matches that I kept an eye on. Finn Balor defeated Fabian Aikner in the opener. Uh, that would be very important to note later. Um, in the Cruiserweight Championship Tournament, interim NXT Cruiserweight Championship Tournament, Akira Tozawa upset Isaiah Swerve Scott, and that one was really a surprise. Um, looks like uh, they were going to go for a uh, Hurricane Rana bump spot from the top. He hit it, and I thought it was going to be a near fall, but uh, Tozawa never kicked, or uh, excuse me, Scott never kicked out. So uh, Isaiah uh Sir Scott uh, loses his first match in the tournament. Carol Tozawa wins his first match in the tournament. So, a very strong matchup there between those two. And um, I really enjoyed what was going on there in the tournament last night. They also set up a match for next week's NXT. It's a very big main event. It's going to be um, the Demon King Finn Balor against... Uh, the Velveteen Dream, that'll be a very interesting match, should be a high-hitting affair, and uh, definitely look forward to seeing what's going to go on there and how everything unfolds, and definitely look forward to seeing what they decide to do with the NXT Championship match here coming up in the next couple weeks, because we know Adam Cole has to defend the NXT Championship at some point. Uh, he didn't have a defense at this uh a takeover special that they've done on the first because of the long uh, Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano empty arena um, final, one final beat match and it was very strong to see how that one went. And then in the main event it was ultimately uh, a great match between the uh, combatants for this. Um, it was between the Undisputed Era, which consisted of Bobby Fish and Roderick Strong on this night against uh, the NXT Tag Team Champions Matt Riddle and Pete Dunne. Pete Dunne obviously wasn't there due to the COVID-19 epidemic, so they had to get somebody new, and they brought in Tim Thatcher for this match. And ultimately, Matt Riddle and Tim Thatcher come out on top in this one. A very strong match back and forth. Um... Thatcher would hit an arm bar on the Bobby Fish and make him submit. So the winners and still tag team champions, the Broserweights, Matt Riddle and Pete Dunne, Tim Thatcher representing Pete Dunne here on this night. So there's a brief look back on NXT uh, with some matches coming up for next week. Another match that took place last night was between Tegan Knox and uh, Raquel Gonzalez. Uh, Tegan Knox ended up getting a win after Gonzalez dominated the match. Uh, typical NXT style with this one. The heel getting most of the moves in and then the babyface sneaking out of victory at the end as Tegan Knox picks up the win in that one. So strong episodes of NXT and AEW last night. My vote goes to AEW for this week. Uh, they had a stronger main event, stronger card. Um, but we'll see as time goes on 
how they continue to film uh, live shows against pre-taped shows with AEW as they decided to do a month's worth of television during their last set of TV tapings a couple weeks ago on a Thursday. So there's your look back on AEW and NXT coming up here on the next segment of the ET Considers Everything podcast. We'll be talking about the cuts that were made to the roster superstars that have been released along with talent agents as well, some referees, and I'll give you my thoughts on that and how I feel about it. So more of the ET Considers Everything podcast coming up here, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for listening today on this Thursday. Hope y'all are having a wonderful day out there. We'll be back in just a moment. We're back here on the ET Considers Everything podcast for Thursday, April 16th, 2020. And at this time, I'd like to go ahead and talk about the WWE Superstar cuts that were made due to the COVID-19 epidemic and the uh, uh, WWE trying to save some money here as they're trying to uh, cut costs with superstar contracts and stuff. Really, uh, I'll be honest with you, I'll go ahead and make my intentions now about how I feel about this. I don't feel it's the right time to make these superstar cuts. You really could have waited until after this COVID-19 epidemic kind of slows down a little bit. Uh, You're able to uh, be back on the road for house shows, live events, and uh, all that sort of stuff. Um, I just don't think the timing's right. But, you know, ultimately, they do have to make some cuts here. They feel like these superstars, these agents, these referees were the best ones to do. And we'll go ahead and talk about that at this time. So, WWE cuts that were made due to the coronavirus, a.k.a. I call them the spring uh, season cuts. Drake Maverick, uh, he's in the uh, WWE interim NXT Cruiserweight Championship Tournament going on right now. He said he will finish that commitment to the company, and then that'll be the last thing he does before he... Um, is done with the company. The club, Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson, of course they were involved in the uh, famous Boneyard match between AJ Styles and The Undertaker that took place on night one of WrestleMania on April 4th. And, you know, this one's a tough one for me. Um, You know, yeah, I can understand Gallows and Anderson being a heavy strain on the on the company, but they are one of the best tag teams that you've got. And ultimately, I just don't feel like it's the right time to get rid of them. But WWE decides to make the cut. Ethan Carter III. Um, This is one that they really could have worked on a whole lot better. They never really gave him a fair opportunity to be a star on the main roster. In NXT, he was pretty solid. He was in the inaugural... uh, Ladder match to determine the first ever NXT North American champion and was really up at the top for the NXT championship for a while as well before getting the call up to the main roster in uh, April, or not April, in August of 2018. But uh, that one I can understand. A tough break for Ethan Carter III, though. Um, the tag team of Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins. Now, 
Zack Ryder is a uh, interesting one. Zack Ryder is a multi-time tag team champion. He is a Intercontinental champion. He's a United States champion. So he's a Triple Crown winner in WWE. Not a lot of men get the opportunity to be Triple Crown winners in WWE. Zack Ryder had a long career. Uh, he's been in the company since 2007. As has his good good friend Kurt Hawkins. They uh, joined up to win the Raw Tag Team Championships at last year's WrestleMania. And it's sad to see these two being cut, but at the same time, you know, one I can understand more than the other. Uh, I, I really don't understand the cutting of Zack Ryder. He's a very valuable talent. You could really use him to help enhance the talent on NXT. Uh, you could help him enhance the talent of the mid-card. Uh, there's a lot of good uses you could use for Zack Ryder. But alas, they decide not. So Zack Ryder, Kurt Hawkins, they have been cut as well. Heath Slater, um, one of the workhorses in WWE, um, been a multi-time tag team champion and uh, has been an Intercontinental champion in the past as well, I believe. So, you know, Heath... Heath is a very good worker, and he'll get the opportunity to uh, compete on the uh, independent circuit once all this COVID-19 is done and everything moves on from it. Uh, sad break for Heath Slater. Eric Young um, never was given the right shake, in my opinion. Uh, led the Sanity Faction in NXT, and on SmackDown, they broke them up. Um... They had to have Alexander Wolf go work as the uh, um, member of the Imperium faction, and it really just kind of snowballed and went downhill from for Eric Young from there. So tough break for him. I hate it. Uh, he'll get the opportunity to work somewhere else. I'm sure whether it be an Impact or whether it be on the Indies. Leo Rush, um, a great talker. A great cruiserweight champion worker who uh, definitely brought out the very best when he needed to, winning the cruiserweight championship at the end of last year. Um, just a tough break for him. I really feel like he's got a lot of talent there. And um, I feel like the perfect place for him. And I know like, oh, E.T., you're a big A.W. mark, all this. You know, I know that's what people are going to say. But, you know... Leo Rush would fit in perfectly with the uh, AEW roster. And that's what I think. Uh, Aiden English, pretty solid worker. Um, uh, Multi-time tag team champion, NXT tag team champion, SmackDown tag team champion. Um, uh, has been used really mostly here as a announcer. And sad to see him go. Um... The one that doesn't make the most sense to me at all is Rusev. Now, Rusev is a heck of a worker. He can compete. He is a United States champion. He's a tag team champion. Um, this whole storyline with him, Bobby Lashley, and Lana, I think really was the um, icing on top of the cake, no pun intended, because, of course, Bobby and... Lana got married on WWE television, but um, just 
never felt Rusev was given the right opportunity to compete. Um, Kurt Angle, I can understand. He's retired. He was mainly used as an agent backstage to help uh, bring out the best in talent. Shane Hurricane Helms, I uh, feel real bad for him. Um, he was working in a impact with the Hardys before they came up and they brought Shane up with him and uh, he was given an agent opportunity. So really a not good opportunity for Shane Helms. Lance Storm, uh, he's the one I feel real bad for. Uh, he had shut down his wrestling school was really looking forward to working with the talents as a, a trainer um, to help uh, build up talent, but ultimately it just wasn't meant to be for him. So he'll probably get the opportunity to work again with the uh, Wrestling Observer and the F4W Field 4 Weekly and all of that. Uh, Billy Kidman, he had been in the company since WCW had closed in 2001. He was a wrestler for a while. Now he's uh, primarily a trainer and an agent backstage for these superstars. Sad to see him go. Uh, Billy Kidman's a very good talent. Uh, really could teach a lot to these individuals. And I hope he has an opportunity to continue on, whether it be with a wrestling school or something along those lines. Uh, Mike Rotunda, uh, one of the Best agents that WWE has had in a while. Of course, he's known as IRS and uh, was a tag team champion and was very successful in his own right. His son, um, Bray Wyatt, now is a uh, former Universal Champion, former WWE Champion. Um, uh, really given a lot of great opportunities, but unfortunately, they just didn't feel the need of Rotunda to stay on. But a lot of these agents, I've, I, I quickly learned later on that they've been furloughed. They've not been laid off. Uh, so they might get an opportunity to come back. Some of them will anyway. Uh, David Fit Finley. Um, one of the hardest working men that I know. Um, uh, one of the best superstars that WWE had. For a while there in the mid-2000s to uh, like 2010, 2011. Um, mainly an agent here lately. Helping with superstars. Helping with talent who are unhappy with their role. All that sort of stuff. So kind of a tough break for him for sure. Uh, Pat Buck and Sarah Stock. They were agents and also who uh, worked in the office in Stanford. So... Um, tough break for them. Sean Devari, uh, another one that helped uh, build and uh, bring up a lot of the talent for these cruiserweights here. Um, this most recent edition of the cruiserweight championship. Tough break for him. Really hate seeing seeing him go, but he'll have an opportunity to work in his wrestling school. Scar Armstrong. This one gets me a lot. Scar Armstrong has uh, been a big part of the company for many years. Um, referee for many years agent for many years and just rough to see him go sarah logan this is one i feel real sorry for she had her arm broken monday night on raw and then you tell her two days later oh we're going to cut you due to uh, coronavirus and to get rid of your contract that's not right to her 
and uh, Shayna Baszler should really feel ashamed of herself if she broke Shana, if she broke Sarah Logan's arm. That's really bad. Uh, Eric Rowan, that's another one that I feel like they have uh, wasted a lot of years on, a lot of talent on. Uh, he's very strong. Might not be the best talker, but he can uh, uh, very sure can compete in the ring. And, uh, you know, it's just rough to see him get the opportunity to be with Daniel Bryan and then be a singles guy on his own after they break up Daniel Bryan and Eric Rowan in the draft. And then they do this whole cage thing, you know, uh, animal in the cage, something's bit me. Turns out to be a tarantula spider and just doesn't doesn't work out for him, so they release him. Just sad to see. Mike Chioda. Mike Chioda has been a referee in WWE since before I was born, 1989. And, you know, it's, it's very sad to see people like him be cut because he had put a ton of years, a ton of mileage into being a referee for WWE. And now you're going to let him go? It's not right. Mike Bennett and Maria Bennett. Um, I can understand those two. Uh, Mike Bennett, they, he was never really given a fair shot on the main roster. We know what Maria had, just the looks and everything. So sad to see them go. Primo and Epico, they've been on the roster for a long time. Uh, haven't been really used on the main roster in a while, so I can understand them um, cutting him. And then last but certainly not least, No Way Jose. Um, definitely not given the right opportunity on the main roster, just mainly seen as like a enhancement talent, somebody that can help put over others on their way to the top. It's a uh, rough time for uh, No Way Jose. So there's my full list of what I've got wrote down with all of those guys. And I just feel bad for them. It's, it's a tough break for them. And I really hate to uh, uh, talk about it. But, you know, that's just the way it goes. And, you know, it's spring cuts. And that's what WWE decided to do. So those are the unfortunate names that are on that list. And some of them... Some of them I do agree with, some of them I don't, which is just sad. So, there you go. But there's you look at the spring uh, cuts made by the WWE. When we come back here on the ET Considers Everything podcast, we'll wrap it up today by talking about my thoughts on Under the Black Hat, Jim Ross's book that I just received in the mail on Monday and started reading and um, give you my thoughts on it. As I'm three-quarters of the way through the book, I plan on uh, finishing it today after I record this podcast. And then we'll talk about the unfortunate and untimely death of the great ring announcer known as Howard Finkel. So a lot more to get to here. Final segment of the ET Considers Everything podcast coming up here on ET Considers Everything podcast episode number 51. Thank you so much for joining me today, ladies and gentlemen. Really appreciate your support. We'll be back here in just a moment. We're back here on the ET Considers Everything podcast for Thursday, April 16th, 
2020. In this closing segment, I'd like to talk about the um, second book that has been written by J.R. It's called Under the Black Hat. And I'll also be discussing the untimely death of the greatest in-ring announcer for WWE all time, and that is the late, great Howard Finkel. And um, we'll get to all that here in just a few moments and all of that. So without further ado, let's go ahead and talk about the uh, Under the Black Hat and my thoughts on the book uh, as I'm reading it. Um, this is a must-read for any WWE fan of that era that liked wrestling. Even a, a, just a pure wrestling fan. I'll just leave it at that. You don't even have to be a WWE fan. Uh, Jim Ross was the uh, director of talent relations along with the voice of WWE for Monday Night Raw for several years uh, there in the late 90s and early 2000s. He talk about, talks about his career there. And he uh, discusses uh, multiple things like signing Chris Jericho, signing the Radical, signing the NWO, um, the lead-up to WrestleMania 17 between Stone Cold and The Rock, and how Austin felt about the heel turn, uh, coming to talk to Jim about it and letting him, letting him being one of the first ones to know besides Vince. And um, talked about signing Brock and talked about the Hulk Hogan and Rock WrestleMania 18 match uh, that was truly once in a lifetime. Talked about uh, the final match of Stone Cold Steve Austin's career um, between Stone Cold and The Rock. And, uh, you know, just got some great stories in there. And from Jim's perspective, you, you truly understand how much the wrestling business means to him. You know, you... you you truly know the love that somebody has for it. And, you know, I'll be honest with you. At one point in time, I loved backyard wrestling. I loved being back there to compete. And I loved being the general manager. I loved being a uh, commentary. You know, anything I could help with, I would love to help with. I think I've got my love of wrestling Backyard wrestling, that is, kind of similar to what Jim does of WWE and now moving forward into his AEW career. I'm to the part of the book where he is inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame in 2007. And this comes just uh, two short years after uh, surviving a health scare with a uh, blockage on his colon. They had to remove, I think, 13 inches of his colon to uh, keep him alive and um, they made fun of it on WWE television and Jim didn't like that his wife really didn't like that Jan and I think it's really cool that JR talks about it from his perspective but talks about it from Jan's perspective too and really gives you the um thoughts that he had as these events were going on and the thoughts that his wife Jan had and it was really cool to see and really cool to read about and like I said I I, I recommend this book to anybody any wrestling fan um that you know that 
needs to read something, definitely give this book a chance. Uh, Jim does a fantastic job explaining everything. And I think the toughest part for me is coming up. And I'll definitely, I'm probably going to plan on finishing the uh, reading the book today. Because I, I, I truly want to know how Jim felt when his wife passed away. It's, it's a, it's a tough thing. And that time period, I just couldn't imagine, you know, he was still in WWE at that point and, uh, you know, commentating matches every now and then, but mostly working as like a producer and an agent. And then, uh, him and Vince had a meeting and they discussed everything and they left off and, Jim went to commentate matches in New Japan Pro Wrestling, and now Jim is the voice of AEW. You know, for many people throughout the years, Jim Ross has been the voice that you know, or Tony Schiavone, either one. Um, Jim Ross and Tony Schiavone both have been the voice of NWA. They've both been the voice of WCW. Um, uh, Tony... He went on to work in MLW. Uh, he went on to do multiple things. G uh, Jim, of course, is the uh, was known many years as the voice of WWE, but done many other things besides that. And and you'll learn that in this book. And um, it, it's it's a, a, a very good read. And. It's hard to put down at times. You're like, man, I want to keep on going with this because this is awesome to read about. I'm getting to the part of the book that's probably the toughest uh, part that Jim uh, discusses. And um, I just couldn't imagine what his emotions were going into it. But, you know, um, the book goes into him just signing with AEW doesn't go into his career with AEW yet, but it's a fantastic book. And like I said, I would recommend it to anybody. So there's my thoughts on under the black hat. It's an amazing read. I'm three quarters of the way through it. Plan on finishing it after I record this segment here this afternoon. And, uh, I, like I said, I would recommend it to anybody. And, um, Jim has, actually signed a uh, personalized copy for me I, I ordered it from his website and uh, they asked me if I wanted personalized I said yes I would love to have it personalized and I said I want it personalized to Bubba Ty aka ET and that's what I got it personalized as Jim put in the book he said to Bubba Ty aka ET best wishes Jim Ross and when I seen that autograph and um, just having that piece of wrestling uh, memorabilia, it's amazing. And I, I'm very thankful to have that um, on on my top mantle here in my room. And I definitely look forward to uh, finish reading it today. So... There's my thoughts on Under the Black Hat so far. Recommend it to anybody. Get it from jrsbbq.com or you can uh, order it uh, on Amazon. 
just me, a myriad of ways for you to get the under the black hat book and i would i would get it and read it and definitely you'll definitely enjoy it so there's my thoughts on under the black hat um the last thing that I want to talk about today, wrestling-wise, I'll, I'll touch on some sports here after this, uh, talking about this for just a few moments. Um, I found this out this morning that the uh, great Howard Finkel has passed away at the age of 69. I knew he had been going through some health problems, Um it's a sad day, especially after the WWE cuts that took place on Black Wednesday. It's uh, something you don't you didn't want to hear, and I hate it for Howard Finkel and his family. Um, most importantly, his wrestling fan friends. There's many of them, too many to count. Um, but Howard was a man that loved announcing. You could just tell it in his voice every single time he got in the ring that he took it passionately, that he really enjoyed um, talking about the wrestlers that have uh, had big wins in their career. And then talking about, you know, just the world champions that he's got to announce throughout the years. And it's a who's who, folks. Bruno San Martino, um, Bob Backlund, Greg the Hammer Valentine, Hulk Hogan, um, Randy Savage, Bret Hart, Ric Flair, Shawn Michaels, um, Stone Cold Steve Austin, Triple H, The Undertaker, um, just a myriad of great wrestlers that he has got to announce for throughout his many years in WWE. And it's sad to see Howard move on up into heaven, but he's getting to do what he loves up there. And that's the sole solace that I can take away from this. Howard's getting to do what he loves up there with a lot of his great friends. You know, he he's probably getting to call a match right now um, between Randy Savage and the Ultimate Warrior. And I know he's loving every minute of it. Or even a match between Andre the Giant and the Ultimate Warrior. Something like that. You know, it's... Sad to see somebody pass away after doing what they love for so many years. But Howard was a great man. And he's a member of the WWE Hall of Fame, and he deserves to be. And, you know, Jim Ross, the voice of WWE for many years, absolutely. But the ring announcer that was accompanying Jim to the ring most nights during that run was Howard Finkel and and Howard will be missed there's no doubt so in honor of Howard I'm going to take a 10 second break here
Okay, I'm back, guys, and yeah, I just uh, felt like it's it was right to take a ten second break there for for Howard, and you know just to let him know that he was loved. So, there's my thoughts on under the black hat, and then my thoughts on the late great Howard Finkel. Um, as we close the T considers everything podcast today. Uh, I want to discuss the uh, PGA Tour. They've got a plan in place that will allow their season to resume, I believe, towards the middle or end of June. And the first four events will be held without spectators on the course. Uh, that's a good move. Um, and then maybe later on they can reassess the situation and go from there. I feel like that's a great move by the PGA Tour. Of course, the NFL Draft will be held uh, next Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, and it will be held virtually. Um, it'll be held on computers, uh, tablet devices, um, um, desktop computers that have webcams, just anything that can be used um, will be used to help uh, build these drafts up and... Uh, be the first draft of its kind being virtually uh be very interesting to see how it goes goes and how it unfolds um that'll be a lot of fun to see next weekend and um major league baseball still working on a plan to get their players back playing probably by july at this point and the season would go from july to october and then the playoffs will be held in November in southern cities and dome stadiums. And that would be the best way to uh, get all of this in. And um, we'll see what they decide to do. The NHL and NBA, they're still uh, on hiatus right now. NBA is going to reassess on May the 1st and determine what to do, whether they want to finish the regular season out in june or just go ahead and start with the playoffs my 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 guess would be to start to see uh start back with the playoffs it would it would uh make things so much easier um you know nhl they only had one month to go so really it'd be easier for them to start with the playoffs as well i feel like if they do that that would uh you know salvage some bit of a season that they uh, have there to play in the playoffs. And uh, we'll see if they decide to go on that sort of uh, journey there. But there's uh, what's taking place with the NBA and the NHL right now. Uh, NBA is going to reassess on May 1st. I'm sure the NHL will do the same. And then um, WWE is going to continue filming at the Performance Center until they get to go ahead to... um, film in empty arenas or film in uh, smaller venues and then gradually move back up to where they can run their live events again. Uh, UFC, I believe, are going to be doing their shows coming up in May at their Performance Center venue in Las Vegas. So uh, definitely a lot to discuss there. And tennis... um, Tennis will be starting back more than likely, I say, in July or August at this point. 
Um, you know, with the Olympics canceled, it'll give them more of an opportunity to reassess in July, especially with no Wimbledon being played now. Um, I'll give them time to reassess everything. So there's your sports update. I know it's not much, but I figured I'd go ahead and discuss it here on today's podcast. And with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to do it for this edition of the ET Considers Everything podcast, episode number 51 for Thursday, April 16th, 2020. If y'all don't mind, share this podcast with your friends. I'm on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pocket Cast, wherever you get your podcast at, I'm there. Uh, let them know that I've done this podcast today, and I plan on doing one about once a week here to give the fans something to uh, talk about here in the wrestling and sports world. I know today was mostly centered on wrestling, but you know it, it was a good day to talk about it because uh, coming off of two good shows last night, uh, coming off of the WWE cuts. And, you know, discussing the uh, sports world here at the end, uh, we definitely got a lot in. So that's going to do it, ladies and gentlemen, for this edition of the ET Considers Everything podcast, episode number 51, Thursday, April 16th, 2020. My name's ET Eric Tyler Mons, ladies and gentlemen. Hope y'all have a wonderful rest of your Thursday, and I will catch y'all again down the road. Later, everybody.